It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris. And my name is Mike. And this week, we're given our thoughts on Marvel's new Echo series, which is less than a week old, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We're also going to take a look back at What If Season 2, now that we've both seen uh, all the episodes on that. I think you watched them all, right? All of them? Yes. Perfect. Uh, big news, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, and Grogu are, uh, is heading to theaters uh, in 2025, surprisingly. Oh, I, forgot, I forgot that that was... <laughs> that was yeah, that was, I think that was like the biggest news, uh, but we got some other stuff to talk about, and more, and more. It, if, you, if you can't tell, uh, some of us more than others uh, are uh, battling... The elements here yeah. in North America. Uh, I don't know if it's being called like a polar vortex or a icy thumb or I don't I don't know what the lingo is. Jack Frost is nipping at my nose. If I if I was to, to use a phrase for the holidays, <laughs> he he's this is his ho- his holidays done. He was supposed to be done in December. He's associated with Christmas as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so well, get out of here. Uh, I guess sure. He's just in a song in December. I don't think it's the season. I think I think it's a little unfair, Mike. You gotta. You know, let's, let's build them up a little bit. Let's give them January. Uh, but that's all it gets to the end of January, then get out of here. Um, but no. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we're, we're doing – I mean, even for, like, L.A. standards, it is, it's a bit nippy out here. You, you, if you're going to go out, you know, in the middle of the day, usually never requires a jacket. Might actually require a jacket, especially if you're in the shade. And uh, the uh, more intense side of that coin – would be uh, you, <laughs> who is dealing with uh, windshields that feel like they're in the negatives, yes. which uh, I can't even imagine anymore. Yes, we are. We are in a negative. Uh, the next couple of days, it is single-digit uh, temperatures here uh, in the Midwest. Uh, a lot of people more north of me got they got snow. They got snow. They got ice. Uh, you know, feet of it even. So I I do uh, consider myself lucky uh, for that. And if anyone is in that weather. Uh, you're either having a good time making your snow angels, building your snowmen, uh, and staying safe, and hopefully you have power and heat and uh, can enjoy that time uh, with with your family. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, don't go outside, people. No, no snow angels, no yeah. snowmen. Stay inside. Is it uh, stream whatever you can well, stream? Well, I mean, here's the here's the thing. Uh, is it like um, for people up north? Is this ice fishing season? Is this ice fishing weather that you're looking for for people to do that? Uh, I'm not saying uh, I agree I with it, but uh, <laughs> it is a thing. I would think I would think the season is purely dictated on the thickness of mm-hmm. ice. I saw somebody uh, uh, back home in the Midwest. I don't remember who it was. It was a Facebook share, and it was like this luxury like ice fishing cabin, which is just like really funny because it just looked like a, a lu- the inside looked like a luxury RV or something, but it just happened to have holes in the floor where you drop like your fish. So, like, uh, there is a scenario where somebody could be uh, streaming this podcast right now or they mm. could be watching Disney Plus and then also have, like, uh, a pole in the water yeah. <laughs> catching fish. The odds are low, yeah. but if that is you right now, I, I there's have a, to There's know. a niche audience out there for that. And, uh, yeah, I do want to know. Maybe they're watching Frozen, Mike. Do you think they'd be watching Frozen on the, the Frozen Lakes? 
as long as it's not Frozen Two, I'm okay, okay. with it. I don't mind. Uh, first one is superior, and will and will help you catch the yeah. most fish. Scientifically, I, uh, I I have no preference. I have no allegiance to Frozen One or Two or Three, or Olaf's Summer Adventure. But I was going to ask you. How... There's no third one, Chris. You fool! You fool! There's. I no keep seeing articles are announcing them. I can I can tell you have no. I can tell you have yeah. no credibility in this. Oh, except universe. for the ones they've announced. Like they've got they've got Toy Stories eighteen in the in the the tube, Mike, and and frozen up the tin, probably. Um, but I was going to ask you how many seas does uh, uh does ice's thickness need to have before you can walk on it? But I feel the time has passed for the thick oh. ice joke, so we will uh, melt away <laughs> into this. Uh, for anyone who's catching us on YouTube, uh, or even if you're on podcast, um, you know, and, and you haven't subscribed uh, or liked or left a review, uh, we encourage you to like and subscribe our channel on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, wherever, Spotify. Leave us a review. Uh, we love to see that kind of stuff. So please do. Um, but other than that, I think the yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I recommend if you're listening on your phone, uh, take a screenshot. And then if you're connected to a Wi-Fi printer, I don't care whether it's yours or not. Uh, just print, yeah. just print out our uh, our podcast on your phone a couple different yeah. times. I'm sure that'll help. Yeah, Apple killed that uh, the airdrop thing for everybody uh, a couple years ago, where you can just randomly airdrop people. Uh, so you can't really send our our podcast <laughs> to people randomly airdrop. So I guess you got to go back to the old school methods, right? Um, Here, uh, what one one last plea before we I, move I, on with the show? If you're on an airplane, if you're on an airplane. Uh, uh, and you have that chat feature where you can just randomly send messages to a different seat uh, on the plane. Uh, just tell somebody to like and subscribe to Superheroes Light. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I, I think I was going to say, are you going to suggest that they uh, create a sign, print it up, and put it in their neighbor in their neighborhood? Uh, uh, you know, Ooh, a, I like a, that too. a big, a big uh, hey, uh, have you have you uh, lost podcasts? Have you listened yet? Kind of thing, and get people to stop and look at it. Yeah, bolt so. and affix it to the to the the parking restriction yeah. signs on your street. That'd be great. Yeah, right in front of the word stop on those red ones, because people are people are slowing down <laughs> to look at that sign. So yes, definitely uh, prime real estate. But we don't have anything else to talk about before we jump in here because uh, we spent. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and admit I have not finished. Echo, Mike has, has watched all the episodes, and it's not because uh, of the show. I, I will be honest, with you. I just it's one of those weeks where you, I'm just like, I'm gonna watch it all on Tuesday. I've got the plans, and then uh, you have to work late, uh, more nights than you expected, and then you have uh, obligations on the weekend because everyone's birthdays in January for some reason. So uh, I'm not gonna watch everything yet, but I feel equipped to talk about Echo, Mike on Disney Plus, and uh, I, uh, several listeners um, did did send in some uh, some of their thoughts on it. Um, after after last week so uh, or this week so i'm excited to talk about echo which is now streaming in its entirety uh, dropped all at once on disney plus one of the um so what the third uh, or second experimental release schedule they've done in the past month right and we'll talk about what if the other one here in a little mm-hmm. bit uh so uh, all five are there it's rated tvma so if your disney plus um parental controls are on to not allow tvma mature content for that profile you probably won't see it um I, I honestly don't know anyone, and this is just probably my circle, Mike, who has set up uh, parental controls on Disney+. Plus. Um, but th- this seems to be, again, with Deadpool and stuff coming down the road, this is definitely what you have to do before. You don't want your uh, kids going from Bluey to Deadpool 2 on accident in the, the same <laughs> app. But, I disagree. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, potato, potato, you know, at the end of the day. Um, 
I, I don't I don't know what to say uh, about the show, Mike. I mean, we can we can jump into the discussion. I don't feel to me. Um, I are I, I will I will say if you've not watched it, you can and you don't want to hear anything. You can skip to the next things. Uh, we use time codes in the show. However, I um, I will say for those people who haven't watched it, yet, there is a post credit scene after episode five. So you want to stick around for that uh, um, for for the show. Yeah, it's an it's an. Overall, it's a pretty quick binge. I let Chris know uh, after I finished the series and while he was trying to fit it into his schedule, it gets progressively shorter, the episodes, as you move through it. And I feel like a lot of our, our our series that have been closer to five episodes, whether you're talking about like Star Wars or Marvel, usually they're punching around like an hour to 45 minutes long. So this one you start to really, really barrel through once you lay into mm-hmm. it. So you could really quickly finish this yeah. one through. Uh, Chris and I were chatting before we started uh, recording that the first episode is kind of like, it's kind of like a recap. It's also kind of a primer. Chris, you uh, described it prologue. as a, a prologue. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think about like these first oh. two episodes? I, I say avoid any major spoilers, obviously, yeah. since we're talking no. about this at the top of the show. But since you've only seen the first two, how are you feeling? Yeah, I, I, so I, I fully expected this show to start with the recap, right? Like, like previously on... Uh, Hawkeye for for all intents and purposes, right? Because that's where we met uh, Maya slash Echo last time. So I was fully expecting that to be right away. Um, however, uh, we get to learn more about the Choctaw Indian culture and 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 uh, I would say the people and their beliefs uh, earlier on. And I didn't, I honestly did not expect this at all. Uh, and and the first episode uh, does um, you know kind of starts. I would say. Uh, it's very chronological, so like a pro, like you know, when we said the the prologue episode is like it starts um, way back when and then moves its way forward, right? Um, you get to see a lot of you know uh, how, how did Maya uh, lose her leg, um, you know, a little bit more about her family life and just kind of chronologically kind of caught us up to where the series kind of takes off uh, right right before the end. Uh, I I will I will. Um, I will say one of my favorite characters so far, Mike, is a man named Biscuits for some reason. Um, why, why is his name Biscuits? I well, don't course, know yet. Maybe they will explain it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I was like, oh, and he, what's his name? What's his dog's name? I think Billy Billy Jack, I think is his dog's name. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're definitely in Oklahoma here. Um, yeah, for, uh, the first episode, um, I would say, you know, it really just gets you up to where things are today. And the second episode kind of puts a... Um, like I guess maybe a trajectory on the series, right? Like that that first episode two is essentially, well, I would say the first of four episodes is what it feels like, right? Um, because that first episode gets you up to where where kind of everybody is uh, with that. Uh, very much, um, I would also say a uh, one of the shows that you can't um, be on your phone a lot for because a lot of the, the it is subtitles because of Maya's uh, she signs for a lot of it, right? So if you don't hear things you have to read the screen. And if you don't, you know, if you're not paying attention and you don't read it, you're going to miss out on essentially most of, most of her dialogue. Now there are some parts in there. Uh, again, we know from the trailers, like, uh, you know, uh, Kingpin, um, you know, I, I think his, his is an interesting thing because he, he uses a translator, right? So he still talks, uh, but he has a, a signer and not translator a signer, uh, for, for some of the stuff. So I think that's really fun. Um, I would say the other part I, re- I really enjoy is the use of sound in some of the, the action scenes uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk about that probably a little bit for maybe if we get into just a hair of spoilers later and we'll let people know. But overall, um, 
Yeah, I'm 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 enjoying myself. I I actually expected out of two episodes, I expected maybe more of a train wreck, maybe more of a disjointedness. Um, but over, uh, I really I I think the actors uh, again. Um, I don't I what is her name? The actress's name. Um, who plays Echo Maya? You can just call her Maya. Yeah, I say <laughs> Echo Maya. Uh, she she's uh, uh really 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 solid. Uh, wears a lot of you know she has to do a lot of acting with her face. Uh, and body so i think you know that's great uh the ancillary characters are are interesting uh it's uh, uh it's not ta- it's not tamaha but it's tamaha is that i believe how they pronounce the town they're in uh very you know i wouldn't say enriched in native american choctaw culture but it is you know there are a lot of, a lot of the ancillary characters are uh of that heritage there and i i i i think the actors are great i think they did again marvel never has a bad job with casting and actors it's everything else. So I, I was actually very um, thoroughly I would impressed, surprised, and I enjoyed the first two episodes. I can't wait to watch the other three. I'm looking at, like, I did the math. You said they're kind of short. I'm like an hour and a half to, to, to do the back half of the series fairly quickly. So we're, we're probably going to try to catch that uh, tonight after we jump off this recording or maybe tomorrow um, if, if we can uh, in the evening. But, yeah, overall, I, I'm – I I was expecting worse. Now again, I haven't seen the back half. Maybe maybe the the, the train derails. Wink wink, uh, if you will. But I I don't know. Um, on that that regard, Mike. How about yourself? How about your? You've seen the whole thing. You don't have to give me the first two. You can give me your reactions, or if you want to talk about the first two, or however you want to do it. Yeah, uh, you brought up a good point uh, with uh, it does demand a little bit of your attention since we're talking about a character here who is uh, mute and deaf and relies uh, primarily on sign language. And it is kind of nice when uh, she ends up kind of uh, uh, rejoining with her past in a way that she gets to Mm -hmm. find more people that do speak sign language like oh these are her people this is her home this is this is nice that she can kind of be herself even though she's kind of not in her primary new york city where we first met her uh this this is one thing that i think that is kind of important when you're looking at these more like mainstream kind of outlets and you know universes like marvel where yes i know that there was that academy award nominated and i think it also won that movie coda where the characters uh rely on sign language Mm -hmm. i I know a lot of people didn't see that movie because it was kind of an art house movie i'm sure it was great but i never saw it right but you have this more mainstream tv show that is going to show this to a lot more people and on top of that you have a lot more Native American representation. I mean, yeah. we're, we might talk about that a little bit when we talk about what if season two. So I do think that's really, really cool because not necessarily because we're, you know, uh, highlighting, you know, a culture and uh, a group that really doesn't get a lot of representation. You know, from a selfish point of view, I just like it because I'm watching something that I just haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like I am terminally in front of a screen sometimes ever since, uh, you know, I've been a kid. I love watching TV and movies. So it's just nice to finally just get a new origin for a character, you know, a different background, something a little bit more unique. So it's almost it almost feels like that we found like a new well and we're pumping some new creativity out of the ground. You know, it it also feels like educational. Right. I I hate to say that, but like, you know, I I don't I, I do a lot of research online, but I never stop to think like, oh, I wonder what you know again the choctaw nation you know what what are their beliefs what are their you know origins right or what do they think they are stuff like that like where do they come from you know um where they you know centralized and i feel like i'm getting education 
as well in this. Like, it's not like, oh, this is edutainment, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But I'm like, oh, okay. They're, they're giving me stuff. They're feeding me things. So I understand the characters and the, the culture uh, and the history. But also, like, I'm like, oh, I can, I could, you know, I'm not going to have a conversation. But I'm like, I, I get it a little bit more. And again, like you said, what if as well. I would say it's it's been, um you know, uh, I, I I I would really I really yeah I did enjoy that so absolutely so continue sorry I didn't interrupt you there. Yeah, and it's great just to have. I mean, there there's so much more representation out there growing. I mean, you have uh, Rutherford Falls that was uh, streaming on Peacock. Um, Reservation, uh, Reservation Dogs. Dogs yep. uh, P- Prey. Uh, we have like Echo and What If. So it's just it's nice to have that out there. I mean. And even if you talk about uh, Watchmen, the, the series when it was on HBO, they they did like a whole the whole plot revolved around you know uh, Black Wall Street mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, and it's like so. I think this is a, a great way of just like these things are entertaining, but also just important for people it, to know. And it is kind of nice. It's getting giving more acting opportunities because I feel like once you start watching all of these kind of like Native American like based stories, a lot of the actors uh, reprise um, just like similar roles across them. So it's like, oh, great. I get to see this character again. I love them and that. So that's been kind of fun. I, yeah, I was going to say um, the, the, the it's two things that one of the characters in this is actually a voice actress in What If um, season two. Uh, so I, we'll talk about that in what if season two, uh, which is our next bullet point. But I also say the other part about this um, to, to those who may be online, um, you know, assholes, idiots, detractors, whatever. None of this things that we're talking about, the native American culture, a female, it doesn't feel forced either. Like it doesn't like, Oh, you have to get into this. You have to do it. Um, the, the, the guy biscuits is a white guy with a beard uh, who, who, can't drive a truck on the right hand side of the road so i'm like none of none of these characters none of the stuff feels forced in this this show it feels like a natural evolution of it and they don't have to like call it out along the way right um my one of my favorite moments i would say in it, i think it's episode two um biscuits goes to the uh the uh, native the 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 Native American, I think it's, is it the grandpa's uh, place where he builds things and fixes things and sells things? And uh, he's like yeah, going, yeah, he's like doing, he's like, it sounds like he's doing a chant or like something, but he's like, buy the damn thing as he's like pounding the table. Like, he's saying it kind of like how the Simpsons would did, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Kind of thing. He was like, buy the damn thing. By the, and it's like, they're, they're playing off of it too, off of the, the thing. And I thought that was very entertaining, but none of it feels forced. And I think that's, I great. believe, I believe. Yeah, I believe the actor that plays Biscuit is is native, but I think he's just he's giving off that uh good old Southern. Boy oh, is he? Uh, yeah, he, he of, hides uh, it really, really well with that kind of. Yeah, and the uh and the uh kind of like the half wit personality, it just makes you think of like a dumb guy with a truck. So that's probably why it, you don't he, think of it right away. Um, uh, what's that Tucker and Dale versus Evil? He reminds me of uh. Yeah, the other guy. he does. Yeah, he does have the. Yeah, that guy does really feel like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, the the action of the show. I love the action choreography. Whatever whatever team is involved with that, and you'll get a little bit more of that in in episode three, is really really great. I'd love mm-hmm. to if they're new. I want to see them keep working. If they've been around for a while, I love to see them elevate maybe to like bigger projects with more eyeballs. So I've really enjoyed that as well. There is some there is some rough bits uh, in the show where I don't know if they some things were 
trying to be saved in editing, which is something that Marvel is pretty well known for. Uh, but there's a lot of scenes in the show where Maya hops on a motorcycle, drives from point A to point B, and you're just like, well, why did she even need to go there? You know, was mm-hmm. it just because they wanted to show a shot of her on her motorcycle? So once you get into the show, uh, by no means is this a perfect show. And I don't think the hype from the trailers really uh, it lived up to it. Like they were like, oh, you better set your parental controls because this is going to be insane. Like really by modern standards of, of action. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want a kid to watch it, but mm-hmm. this is this is by no means anything like graphic or brutal. I mean, there there's like some blood, but I would say it's like you're not going to be wincing at any given time. Like 20 percent John Wick. Like if you take John Wick as a scale, like 20 percent up is like kind of what the show <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like John Wick if you had to edit it for like uh, basic cable, yeah. you know, or maybe like late night on a network yeah. channel, right? It's still good, uh, great. I I love how um, Maya the character. There's no like scissor kicks, you know, just because she's a a, um, a female action star, they don't have her jump on somebody's shoulders and like spin around and take them down. Like it seems like every action female star does. She she's like a bare knuckle brawler. She can get down in the dirt with with any other uh, kind of action mm-hmm. star, and I really really enjoyed that. Right. So um, I knew what you yeah, meant to some, say there. There's some rough parts, and maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, and if we uh, if we uh, dive into spoilers, maybe uh, maybe later on uh, next week after you finish yeah. it, we can get a little bit deeper into it. But uh, overall, this is positive. Yeah. This is a good direction, uh, and I would say uh, this is doing better than anyone thought it would, since this is still kind of stuck in that old Marvel streaming production line. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully now that Daredevil is very much going to be coming off of this show in a way is going to be run actually by a showrunner. So I'm looking forward to see where the character goes. This character yeah. is established and ready to go. I'd love to see where they pop yeah. up next. So overall good. But uh, like we brought up on the show before, this is a special presentation. Nope, nope, nope. Spotlight. So it's a spotlight. Uh, Marvel Spotlight. They spotlight. don't do special well, presentations. Either way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't remember yeah, the terminology. It, yeah, they're, it's, it's their new one. It's an even newer no one. Guarantee, yeah. There seems to be no guarantee necessarily for more seasons coming forward, but I think the character is going to be sticking around. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, um, I would say you know uh, after after Secret Invasion, uh, I would say both of our both of our hopes for anything remnant, uh, you know, of the pre-production was pretty low, right? Like you know, coming off Secret Invasion, we're like, yep, and, and until the new stuff is is up and going, we're not going to get anything worth watching. But uh, I would say this kind of uh, rebounds quite a bit um in in a good direction right like you know uh i think it helps you know from what i can tell so far it feels very focused um so that that that's a plus uh i would say since it's not spoilers because we've talked about it mike but uh the daredevil sequence uh, you get you get you get see Daredevil at least once early on maybe more later i don't know yet because i've got there but um damn i love charlie cox in the mcu like like his daredevil like just seemed more he seemed so confident in the in the 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 fight we saw him in in that first episode right uh i was mm. like he's like he's like like patiently like turning around and like dodging like very very easily uh and i was like ooh this is really yeah. good i'm like he he dumped he jumped through uh some uh some shelving units like and i think it was like mostly a long cut too yeah <laughs> uh, like he he's doing a lot more um Ed Talak for for my super troopers he's jumping around all nimbly bimbly if you will in this in that scene <laughs> yeah yeah, I would say overall the best review you can give for this show that it it has confidence and it has competence as well. 
so that that's great. We want more of that uh, going forward. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. I'm I'm looking forward to more from just the team, the directors, uh, and the characters. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll 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 I'll have it done by next week, so we'll talk about it then. But uh, for those who have not had a chance, uh, maybe you can go uh, watch also What If season two as all episodes streaming on Disney. Plus, uh, we're going to talk about this. Um, I would say um, I I I don't think there are spoilers, Mike. But um, we'll go ahead and just put like an asterisk if you've not seen it. We're going to be just talking about all nine episodes. Some are connected, some are not, and we can kind of talk about what that is here for a little bit. Um, but I do want to add a note here before we get into our discussion on what if season two is that the showrunners uh, have told uh, were told uh, that the characters have to debut in live action before appearing in what if, which is why we didn't get X Men or Fantastic Four in the show so far, Mike. Um, so yeah, that makes total sense. I I never assumed that they were going to be debuting any yep. major characters in what well, if. Um, I do like that they're kind of creating their own characters. I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I said they're debuting uh, unique characters, like Kohori, but not not you know existing ones. Yeah, Kahori seems to be the standout, and this really isn't a, a spoiler yep. because uh, she was heavily uh, um, leaned on in the promotional materials. Mm-hmm. I like her character. Her her origin's really fun and unique. Did, um, did you watch the character carries over into other? Did episodes. you watch the uh, the one in her language, or did you watch the dubbed one? Subs or dubs on the, on uh, that one? I believe it was in her. I believed it. I believe uh, just by default it was okay, in cool. her. Yeah. It was in the native yeah. language, so that was cool. I liked that. Um, it was unique to see, kind of like I, I was trying to figure out exactly where this alternate world that she got warped to mm-hmm. was, because I was like, were they in the Tesseract or it, was the Tesseract? I think it's kind another of, planet. Uh, bridging bridging a yeah. portal i wasn't it wasn't entirely sure but i was having fun overall yeah. you know it was a it was a very um it, it was a, a villain we could all unite against you know yeah. uh, like a, a a vicious colonizer yeah. so that felt cool uh the, i like the the power set is fun it's kind of a little ambiguous so i if this character persists more in the future maybe kind of tighten it up a little bit because it just kind of seems like she can kind of do anything, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of uh, it's hard to wrap my brain around. I was like, well, she's super fast. She like shoots like energy beams. She can kind of levitate. Yeah. She's basically a Dragon Ball Z yeah. character, yeah. Pa- uh, which is why it looks cool on screen. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's powered um, exclusively by um, the the Tesseract or the um, Space Stone, if you will, as well. So uh, they they can be very yeah. very fluid so her- with that. Yeah, so her character was cool. I liked the, I liked how it was represented. I mean, overall, I felt like the action choreography was really, really cool in What If Season 2. And maybe it, this is just a continuation from Season 1. It's just been so long since I've seen Season uh, 1. But there's really cool shots that I would expect to see just in any live action mm-hmm. set piece. Like, it just it feels like they're really coming at it with the cinematic eye. Like talk, like you're talking about previously in Echo with Daredevil kind of like jumping through those shelving. Yeah. I feel like there's four or five shots kind of like that yeah. in this season two of One If. Well, so, so yeah, I thought the action choreography was all really cool. Yeah, well, I also want to say before we before we get off Kahori, uh, Devery Jacobs, uh, who plays, uh, um, is it Bonnie in uh, uh, Echo, the cousin? Is that her name, Bonnie? The uh, yeah, the cousin. She mm-hmm. voices Kahori. Uh, so um 
So there, there is a connection. The actress, the voice actress, Frick Ori is plays a live action character. Now they're not related, but not saying they couldn't make that work somewhere down the line if they wanted to either. Um, but yeah, she's also cool. in. Um, she's also in Reservation, uh, Reservation yeah. uh, Dogs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I wonder I, if maybe there's a little bit of a connective tissue there with like Taika Waititi and the MCU can see yeah. EPs on um, Reservation Dogs. Yeah. Maybe she's got a good agent good agent to get her on this stuff um but yeah I, I think season two i again i still think there's more definition in some of the episodes than season one like season one to me is more like a it feels like a uh less like just a couple color canvases right in my mind when i think back on it when i watch it, i'm like yeah it's fine but like i, I like I, to me it's like I, I think of the captain carter um versus the hydra stomper episode right like they really like Mm-hmm. went out with like some of the backgrounds and like how detailed some of the areas they were actually kind of fighting and interacting with were for me. And I, I, I really enjoyed that a little bit. Um, you know, uh, some of the other stuff was more inside later on. Uh, you know, the, uh, the 16, the 1602 episode, uh, you know, feels like you're in a castle mm-hmm. the whole Second time. To last episode. Yeah. yeah. It feels like you're in a castle the whole mm-hmm. time. Um, I was trying to think, um, did you enjoy happy Hogan saves Christmas? The diehard with, Justin Hammer is the villain. Because I was like, this feels yeah, like a I Mike episode. Like I was like, it feels like a Mike episode through and through. Um, yeah, it, it was great seeing Justin Hammer return because I really like the character. And they, they really nailed his, like, really awkward he did. They I animated did the really dance. Funny. I can't like, believe they animated the dance yeah. in there, yeah. They're like, what are some mannerisms we should carry over? Like, well, definitely is weird dancing. Let's let let's do that. And th- there are like there's standout moments and there's standout episodes that I like. But there are uh, there are a hundred percent episodes I think I would just tell people um, to skip. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't like uh the I didn't really like the first episode all that much. Yep. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Yep. I mean, it was fine. Like all of these episodes are immaculately animated. They all look beautiful. I love all of the the voice casting. Yeah. Even if the original actors don't come back, they have great replacements. A, a lot like, of them are back. There's though. some episodes that are just let. Yeah, yeah, there's just some episodes that are less engaging than other. I mm-hmm. wasn't the biggest fan of um, Peter Quill as like a teenager. Yeah. It was like it was fun to see like a unique collection of avengers yeah. you know i like the what if of like what if we needed the avengers in the past who would they yeah. collect i like that thought process but overall the episode is just like kind of culminates it, like in a desert exactly battle. yeah like that's it's, like one wasn't very entertaining that, that feels me. like a carryover <laughs> from season one right because it's like oh it's just a tan palette in you know at the end right and you're like well this is really not that fun mm-hmm. but it, i again i agree the yeah. the concept for that one is it was pretty strong if you know with that yeah, wasn't the biggest fan of Hela and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. I it is fun to see kind of Hela, maybe fall in more of kind of like the Thor archetype of like, oh, what if Hela was cast out? That mm-hmm. was kind of like a fun what if question. But I just the 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 problem is is you have to do you have to tell so much story in thirty minutes that I can't believe Hella would make such a yeah. a switch over to like good in that amount of time. You just need a whole movie for me to believe yeah. that. Well, I, but anything with Captain Carter, I yeah. love Captain Carter stories. That's the that second to last episode of sixteen oh two is yeah. amazing because it, it's such a, it's such a what if it's like you really like every everyone at the studio had to be on board you know because people were drawing brand new character designs they, uh, they were giving um, John Favreau the most hilarious line 
lines as it, that like uh, like kind of Shakespearean speak that was hilarious. Well, and they also borrowed his um, freak look from from his Happy Hogan Saves Christmas in there as well. Like yeah. like they 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 gave him the uh, the whole thing, which I thought was you know a fun little nod if you'd watched the other ones. Um, I don't think the to me um, the. Iron Man one, the Grandmaster, was very fun. Uh, again, uh, Jeff Goldblum came back and did all the lines. Uh, but it didn't feel like, why was that Gamora chosen for the previous season's team when the whole episode is about Tony Stark? Right? Like, he did all that everything, but they chose Gamora to be on the multiversal team. So I'm like, why was she even in that episode, if you if you will? Like, that was, like, my hardest way to wrap her. I'm like, why are you... Why are you chosen here? Like, you know, kind of deal. So that was fine. Um, yeah, it seems like it It seems like it, it would have been more at home in the first season where it was originally supposed to premiere. Yeah. Um, yeah and then the whole the whole thing of like, oh, the whole story is going to resolve around like a car race, mm-hmm. which feels more like Saturday morning cartoon to me and less like MCU. I mean, it was cool to see yeah. Iron Man kind of like build a transforming suit. That is a cool idea and element, but it did kind of feel maybe a little bit more juvenile. It, and I know it's, it's a, a cartoon. It's a it's a cartoon. In comparison it's a cartoon, Mike. Else. You can let them have a, yeah. a, a fun one. Uh, I, I, to me, I, th- I think, it, you know, it, it again, it did feel like wacky racers, didn't it? Like it was a wacky racers episode, uh, from, from Hanna-Barbera yeah, episode. Um, but yeah, it did all culminate. Um, if you've seen the first season that, you know, the, the second season pays off having watched the first season. And then also I would say half of the episodes almost this, right? You have the Captain Carter episode 1602, uh, and, uh, Kohori. And then, uh, this one, uh, paid off with literally, what I think to Mike, uh, you know, again, uh, if you've not seen this last episode, is a precursor into Battle World slash Secret Wars. If I wanted to see these yeah. versions, like alternate versions, true alternate versions of characters fighting each other in live action, use this as your example. Yeah, I, and I, I like the I like the the structure of it. Right when you bring back kind of the um, Stephen Strange character that they established in the first season, he does kind of have these otherworldly powers, which are earned because it's an entire episode of him kind of like going crazy, yeah. and for almost an uh, for almost like an infinity amount of time, he's like learning and absorbing like this dark magic. So I believe that he can kind of do all of these things that like I like his line of just like the watcher says he won't intervene, yeah. but, you know, I will. Yeah. So I like this idea of he's starting to compare himself to like this uh, godlike character. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I, I think if you wanted to distill uh, what if season two and kind of like the must watch, if you just want the most bang for your buck and payoff, you watch episode six, which is the Kohori episode, mainly because we're establishing a brand new character. And then you go right into the last two episodes. Well, um, I think you need some ca- of the other episodes I, kind of connect, but they're more like stingers at the end of the episode. Like we all know Captain Carter has a thing for uh, Steve Rogers, so you, that doesn't really have to be pre-established yeah. in a way. But like if you if you just wanted like to cut to the core of what of season two, it, it's mainly those I, three episodes. I, well, and I, I think the the payoff at the end is really fun. I I still think you need five. I think it's five six. Eight and nine. I, th- I think what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper is a payoff from season one, um, and you know it, it is fun to see some of the action that, and then you know the little stinger at the end leads into 
the other episodes. But I, I think you got to have that. The rest of them are okay. We we have the Christmas episode of Happy Hogan Save Christmas. I I would say that's a that's not a must watch, but that's a recommendation. I'm going to recommend that one as well. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a there's a good half in here. I'm like, yeah, you got to watch it. But depending on your preference, do you like noir or Blade Blade Runner? Because that Nebula joining the Nova Corps would tickle your fancy if you're into noir and Blade Runner, right? Like, um. Not not for us, but if you really enjoy that kind of world, I think those are those are really good. Uh, Hell of Found the Ten Rings is very much uh, uh, is um, the episode. If you essentially take the Shang Chi movie and put Hella in instead of Shang Chi, and then did the movie, yeah. uh, and then hit way. and then hit fast forward because you have to watch it all in yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah, uh, is really uh, what it is what but, it feels like. But I mean, I don't want to spoil too much at the end of the last episode. Yeah. But there is very much that um, cabin in the woods moment and if you know you know when i say that at the end uh so it's cool and then uh there's uh moments where they i don't like i I don't want to spoil it because it's fun but like the the final action set piece in that last episode is is fun and worthwhile so now seeing season two uh print and published and you know out to the masses i i would i would like to see more of this it would be fun to keep it going this is like a really nice compendium to the mcu at large where you just it's a sandbox where you can have fun but in my opinion it it does absolute require that kind of season finale i need some sort of something to look forward to at the end of this journey because if this was just all disjointed like one-off episodes that that didn't connect i might just entirely skip what if yeah. like I don't need this ancillary content so but I like that it has that X factor of some of them connect and they do something big and exciting at the very end. yeah absolutely and and I think they're going to continue that. and I don't think I I think well again what my complaints about season one where there's not it was just like oh just do the movie again with a different thing this like there are literally like you mentioned brand new characters brand new situations that we've never seen in this season which was way I think really brought me in a lot more um, I think they have a lot more characters intermingle, right? Um, I, I would say 1602 is a real fun amalgamation of characters in there playing in that, that sandbox, if you will. Like, that's the episode. If I, if I had toys and I was, like, really into medieval times, like, I'd be making that, like, in my house, right, with, with the <laughs> toys. So if, if there are some really fun ones here. But at the same time, like, if they want to play with noir, they want to play with sci-fi, they want to play with, you know um, – uh, you know, wacky racers go, go ahead and, and have a couple of those episodes. They don't have to tie in like you said, but it's fun that you can find a winner in there if you want to. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm still always thoroughly impressed. They brought back so many voice actors. Like Hella was voiced by, um, uh, the actress, Kate Blanchett. Right. Um, so I like the whole, like in that episode, uh, Jeff Goldblum did the grandmaster, uh, Sam Rockwell, did uh justin hammer so like you know a lot of them are still coming back and doing the voices and i think that's that's really really fun uh to do that uh for that but yep yeah, season three uh is supposedly uh, around the corner uh and it looks like from what i saw uh the one clip that we shared a couple weeks ago it will be again kind of continue that different structure if you will kind of down the road a little bit so we'll we'll see that all right, so let's jump into the news. We have the news for the rest of the episode. We got uh, quite a few topics to talk about. First, let's jump into Fantastic Four. Um, rumors are, are swirling. We're going to get a Fantastic Four cast soon. Um, this week, uh, actor uh, Pedro Pascal dropped out of another film uh, later in the year from the guy who did Barbarian, Zach Krieger, um, his movie, because mm-hmm. uh, he has another project that he, no one knows what it is that he's working on. People are like, well, it's Fantastic Four. 
He's supposed to be from Mr. Fantastic. So, um, sure, why not? I, we've got another movie that he's he might not be in. <laughs> he might just be a voice in for uh, coming up too. So, you know, uh, he he's in high demand right now, Mike. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's the cream of the crop, right? He's kind of like I don't know if he's overtaken yeah. maybe the fiscal earnings of a one Dwayne Rock Johnson, but yeah. in like. Uh, desirability quality up there in like the top five quality output yes absolutely overtakes it um (laughs) uh probably even quantity other than fast 10 post credits did the rock have anything this year that we saw is red notice two out yet i don't don't know (laughs) i I didn't i didn't catch it but you know hopefully maybe this week uh they've got to start filming this you know it's supposed to come out um 2025 so my guess is they're gonna start filming on it pretty soon and we'll keep you guys posted when official information comes out uh we are also in january mike and january means we are on the cusp of getting to the super bowl and the the big games coming up we're going to be getting trailers galore uh, because people need to make up for all the losses they had last year and the trailer for the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie is rumored to debut at the Super Bowl, which is the only Marvel movie this year. So that makes sense. They would dump their money into this. And it, who doesn't like to see a Ryan Reynolds commercial, right? Like, no matter if he's writing it, playing it, or being Deadpool, I would love to watch this at any given time. I mean, he, he owns a, a commercial production company. Yeah. So I got to imagine if they're going to the Super Bowl, the Deadpool commercial, uh, we're going to... I would expect maybe a full ad slot, yeah. not just like a uh, thirty-second teaser. Go watch the full trailer now. Mm-hmm. I would think you go all out. You if buy that's a your... full spot for Deadpool. The only thing I can think of that would they would also buy is um, if they did a was it an Agatha show trailer or teaser, um, but that's like fall plan. So I don't think they're gonna do that right away. So um, if they got the money, dump it into this. Now I will say the other theories have been pointing towards. Um, Disney releasing two versions of this movie in theaters, a R-rated and a PG-rated versions to hit the larger market, right? For for more people to go see these movies. Uh, and it's very similar to how Deadpool 2, not at launch, but later had that Once Upon a Deadpool version, which was had the Fred Savage storybook version, which I think was edited down a little bit, right? To like a PG-13-ish rating. Mm-hmm. So um, from an advertising point of view, sounds great. Get more butts in seats. How do you differentiate the versions before you walk into it? That's the real trick. Uh, so, I, I mean, I yeah, it would be a little bit experimental, right? I usually don't launch with two different versions on the same day unless you're talking about you know 3D and IMAX, yeah. right? I mean, I, I mean, I it's this. I guess it's up to the studio, right? But I mean, if you just look back at history, I mean, it, it only came out in R. The first mm-hmm. one, and it made a ton of money, so yeah. I th- I think they'll be just fine if they only release R, but I guess it's the Disney product now, yeah. so they got to be a little well, more I wouldn't even say it's, it. I, don't I wouldn't even say it's Disney product now. I'd just say it's more, how do we get more butts in seats? Um, you know, if, if you know the Disney audience is the PG thir- PG rated or PG-13 and they don't want to go, it's fine. They don't need it. They'll they'll make their money back off the R simply. And, I, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, right? It, obviously. Uh, was it? I mean, Wolverine. Uh, the was it Wolverine? The Logan was R-rated, right? Um, I think the Wolverine was as well. So they don't really have to worry about it too much. But I can see them like, hey, we're we're testing release things. Like we we have the money to test a version that's PG-13. 
If it doesn't, we'll just pull it from theaters and make it an R-rated, you know, screening kind of deal. So um, just just like I would say, uh, what if season two and Echo, Disney is not afraid to experiment with different release schedules, uh, probably even in theaters. So we'll see if it comes true or not. Um, but like you said, they, they didn't even need it the first or second time to to be successful. I think the 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 how once upon a time once upon a Deadpool was more of a like hey we we're having fun like I think wasn't like because they had a I just said the kid's name Fred Savage adult Fred Savage come in they were like we're gonna have fun with this one rather than hey we're just releasing a a dumbed down cut for people. Um, Thunderbolts uh, we talked about this a little more than usual uh, the uh, Stephen Young had dropped out as a century, but now uh, actor Austin Abrams from Euphoria is rumored to have the current offer to play the century in the upcoming movie. I'm I'm not seeing Euphoria. Uh, oh, I mean I'm trying. I'm look. Oh, hmm. Uh, this wasn't the guy I was expecting uh, <laughs> when I was like looking up Euphoria actors. I was like, oh, is it that big kind of like, kind of like Chad? muscly jock guy mm. and it's like no but i mean i've seen this guy in other things before he's in a, a like a christmas series called dash and lily um he's he doesn't have a big part in euphoria as far as i remember i think he was really more highlighted in just one season yeah but i mean yeah he's a good actor but at the same time i mean i guess we really can't expect to have a um like a body type cast for this role yeah. right you know i keep thinking like big muscular sentry guy but i mean steven yoon isn't isn't a, an actor that i would assume has like mass to him right i'm sure he could beat me up i'm not saying that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm probably any actor in hollywood could beat me up because they go to the gym like twice a day uh but yeah i mean i could i could still see this he, he, i think they're gonna lean into the the robert reynolds role a little more like uh so i i could i could see that from this this actor as well um so uh, if they want to get the the cameras rolling on Thunderbolts, they're gonna they're gonna need to get this going. So um, hopefully they can uh, they can get them um, you know cast up and and moving uh, uh, with that. So we'll, we'll we'll keep you guys posted if anything comes up. You guys are know there's Sentry news just coming for me. So so buckle up, Buckaroos. Uh, Daredevil: Born Again's uh, everyone's talking about this. You know, especially after Echoes kind of tied into that a little bit. Um, Actors Eldon Henson and actress Deborah Ann Wall are reported uh, a new report to return in Daredevil: Born Again after they were originally not going to be with the the old um the old series before the reboot happened, if you will. So this should make a lot of people very happy uh, to see them return to this world. Um, something we didn't are these uh, uh, were these is are these is this Foggy and um. Foggy and uh, Karen uh, Page. Karen, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's that whole thing we talked about last week of like, oh, is this in the broader MCR? Are we going to see Foggy again mm-hmm. or not? I mean, at this point, I, I feel like it doesn't even really matter because if you, if you really look at what a multiverse is supposed to be, it's just like an infinite realities, mm-hmm. which just means there could be a version of of a reality that looks really similar to Netflix's version, yeah. but maybe there's some small differences. So uh, that yeah. never really caught me up the, all that much, but I'll be the, happy to see them back. I always really liked foggy. Yeah. The, well, the rumor, the rumored um, story of that was that the, the show was going to open with uh, foggy having been killed. And that's why Matt wasn't daredevil anymore uh, for some reason. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't have brought back, you know, Karen Page. But, like, you know, this feels like, hey, we've, we've read the internet. We've heard people want more similarities to our Netflix show. Um, so we're going to try to get as close to that as we can uh, in, in our new vision as well. So I, I definitely think we're going to mm-hmm. see a lot more, not necessarily cherry-picked, but a lot of similarities from the Netflix things. Like, oh, okay, these characters are there. These Some of these, you know, stories are very very similar in that that vein or we don't have to know the the story about you know karen you know wasn't originally a, a, um, a reporter slash lawyer or whatever she was you know a victim in the first season so uh, i'd be interested i i still believe that the 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 john bernthal is is coming back as well as a punisher in this show so we'll see that. i'm excited i'm excited to get back into daredevil i want some good daredevil again um Wonder Man, this show from uh, 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 Dustin Daniel Cretton uh, from from Shang Chi, uh, has resumed filming uh, post the twenty twenty three both writers and actors strikes. Uh, no one really was sure if the show was going to get kind of picked up, right? Marvel hadn't really officially announced it, I guess, or if they had, it'd been like kind of like one of those shows, like, hey, you know, we're retooling our shows, we don't need to go down this route again, and this this could have been like one of the spotlight shows could have been canceled whatever uh but they're filming uh there's some set photos and apparently we focus on again big blockbuster actor whose name is simon williams but he'll be using his hero name wonder man in the show because they had the banners with wonder man on it so maybe that's his movie role he plays if you will uh be played by um actor uh the actor who was black manta in aquaman 2 recently mike Uh, we'll be playing that Mm mm-hmm Funnily enough, this is one of the few shows uh, where your narrative could actually incorporate the writer strike because it's about an actor in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Doubt that'll happen, but it could be funny. I I hope this is a very uh, meta commentary show on like acting and superhero movies and stuff like that. Uh, I know they are bringing back Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery in this, so there's some opportunity to reference his goofy Iron Man three stuff along the way. But we'll see. We'll keep you guys posted if anything else comes out of this as well. Uh, big news this week before we got talking about everything else, Mike. Star Wars out of nowhere, out of left field. We've talked, we've rumored this out, but like we kind of like, nah, it's not going to be true. Uh, they've announced The Mandalorian and Grogu, a new feature film starring Din Jaren and Grogu to hit theaters in 2025, Mike. We'll start filming this year. Now, if, you, if you're a subscriber to Superhero Slate, you would have already uh, heard us talk about this. Um, maybe even, I feel like it might have been months yeah, ago like right after like season three kind of dropped, year. Yeah. yeah but it's been a minute so this was kind of just more of like oh a confirmation of the reports that we were hearing out there in the world um i don't really know what title you do give this movie i mean the mandalorian and grogu kind of makes the most sense you know it could mm-hmm. be a um you know it could be a placeholder but i mean it's pretty definitive of what it is it's the mandalorian and then you know and grogu uh, that's I would say the most identifiable, the most uh, ticket driving character for sure is going to be Grogu. I'm going to be on the posters all over the place for this movie for sure. Uh, I'm in. I'm just kind of curious how this uh, strategically kind of fits into the universe. You know, how is how is the release going to look? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have a cliffhanger at the end of the movie that ties into Filoni's big kind of? Uh, culmination movie is there are they going to have to kind of put some sort of like prologue at the front of the movie Mm -hmm. you know for 
people that maybe don't have Disney Plus and only go the Star Wars for the movies and not for the series. So I'm going to be more looking at the kind of strategy side of things and just crossing my fingers and hope or getting a little so, more Mando season one and a little less Mando season. So here, here's it. what you're going to, I'm going to give you the facts first. Let's start with the facts. First fact is deadline says season four, of the Mandalorian is still in the works. So this is not a confirmation. They transformed season four into a movie, but um, more than this, both in the works. Now let me get into the theory. There's two theories. Uh, one I want to share with you. One is the concept for uh, season four of the Mandalorian is to um, instead of eight episodes, the six episodes, Take it down to six as a show, and the final two episodes or three episodes would be turned into a movie to kind of wrap this up. That way it's done, right? We wouldn't see the Mandalorian show anymore. Mandalorian and Grogu is how the series essentially wraps up. So that, to me, that sounds pretty good, right? That's what you kind of want out of a thing, like about four seasons in a movie, or mm-hmm. what was um that one that one show they always said five seasons in a movie or something like that community yeah. six seasons in a movie yeah so four seasons in a movie that's the way to do it sounds great you li- you leave on a cliffhanger on disney plus and you tell them good to get to go finish this in the movies perfect love it um the other part of this uh, rumor is that this is the first part of three movies so the mandalorian and grogu is part one and if it does well enough in theaters uh that will be continued into dave filoni's movie and then a third trilogy movie that wraps it everything up for good you know like hey we got money we can do this you know john favreau you get your movie dave filoni you get your movie this third movie we'll figure it out um based on the success of the mandalorian and grogu that sounds like a business decision uh more so than the creative decision if you will so uh take that with a grain of salt until we actually get the mandalorian and grogu the backup of if this movie does middle to to lower expectations is to retool Filoni's movie to be the last of it. So it's a duo of movies instead of a new trilogy of movies uh, because we already know we're getting yeah, Filoni's I movie. I think this just, yeah, this just holistically leans into the strategy that, you know, Bob Iger laid out when he returned to Disney of like, they're going to be doing more of what works. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the first things that happened was there was announcement of like more frozen, more oh, toy story, more frozen, Utopia. frozen three and four, Mike. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this. So there's just, I mean, so that's exactly what's happening here. They're looking at the Star Wars stuff that's that's working best, that's got the most eyeballs on it, turn it into a movie. Because mm-hmm. that's the best way, surprise, to make money in Hollywood is selling tickets yeah. at a movie theater. Because all of the the profit from a streaming service, it's all nebulous, right? You gotta you gotta find you gotta make a meeting with your accountant or like your um your analytics department or some sort of like statistics uh, a PhD uh at your streaming network to decide if anything that you're doing is actually working and driving sales, right? When you make a movie, it's very simple. What's the budget? It's, How many tickets yeah, it's are a one you to selling? One. And even if you and even if you like if you're not Disney, you know, you could license it to a totally different streamer and make even more money off of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. not super surprised that this is the strategy moving yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, um it, it the Mandalorian, Grogu, uh, uh, quote unquote, Baby Yoda toys like this. This is what's selling merchandise in Star Wars right now. You know how many lightsabers are on the shelves right now? I think two, which is disappointing because I love lightsabers. I love buying lightsabers and looking at them and playing with them. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds like this is just you know, hey, we're gonna do this. It's also, I I think you know, for, as on a personal ended on a movie, that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty cool thing to do because then that tells me they have a plan for it rather than. 
eh, we're just going to go until we feel like we want to end it kind of deal. And then, it, you know, you, you, it, it would, at that point would just drag on rather than end uh, how it, how they wanted it to end, if you will. Uh, in this same announcement at the, I would say the bottom, but like, you know, kind of at the end is uh, the confirmation that Ahsoka season two is being worked on by Dave Filoni. And we get to see, uh, they shared a uh, concept art of, um, from this, from Dave Filoni's work on the story continues, uh, autographed by Dave Filoni uh, with Ahsoka and Sabine on the Mortis gods, the father, uh, last scene at the end of Ahsoka with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the actor? It's the estate, uh, Ray Stevenson's act, uh, character, um, Balin. Uh, so, um, so that is our confirmation. They are going to keep continuing that story and it's not just going to end there and, and be that. So it sounds like to me, Mike, so, um, Mando and Grogu movie first, Ahsoka season two, then Dave Filoni's movie right after is how this is going to work out for us. Um, if not Ahsoka yeah, season I mean, one, cause I, I think TV I... flips around quicker. I think than a movie. I mean, this is. I mean, this is going to be the biggest hindrance to them overall when it comes to like a box office in general. Like, if you want those, if you want to return one day Disney to those billion dollar kind of like box office returns, like it's probably not going to be with turning something that started on streaming into a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Because I always do like the parents test, right? Like. I like I, I don't know how I get my parents to the to the theaters to see something like um like uh the Dave Filoni's movie like maybe the Mando movie just because the character looks like Boba Fett you know mm-hmm. but like it's gonna be hard to get a wealth of mainstream audiences to things like that and then uh, yeah you said but slap Star Wars slap slap Star Wars on it people gonna see Star Wars I mean the the last movie which everybody hated made still like $2 billion. So I think you slap star Wars on, it. I don't think, I don't think getting butts in seats is, is going to be the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're continuing it. I would just like to know a release schedule for this stuff. Right. Because they're like, okay, well, Dave's doing a movie. We announced it several months ago, star Wars celebration. Well, now John's doing a movie and it's coming out first. I'm like, okay, when is Dave's movie coming out? Like when, when's this all this going to tie together? You know, is it, is it Thrawn the bad guy um, for, for Mando and Grogu or it's, you know, Who's going to be, for me, we go back to Mandalorian and Grogu, who's going to be the bad guy? Is it more Moff, is there a Moff Gideon clone? Is it General Thrawn? Um, you know, the Shadow Council? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's interesting. And Soka Season 2, if it just kind of ended there, went to Day's movie, I think you're going to have to do a lot of lifting in the thing. Now, if they do a shorter season, they probably won't. They'll do their eight-episode seasons because that's what they love to do there. Um, we'll see, but I'm, I'd be interested in, in seeing this. I really, you know... I'm I'm excited to to have a, um, I guess Favreau Filoni box set one day of like their stories all combined. I think that would be really cool. Uh, but I just want to know when all this is coming out. Like, how long do we have to keep waiting? Because I, again, speed doesn't mean quality. But I, I um, I'd love to to know when we're going to be getting all this stuff because everything's kind of moving around how all the expectations we've come to, to get you know, the comfort of the Disney plus really schedule is, is gone with all this stuff. So um, I, I'd want to kind of, I'd like to know, I think that would, that would scratch my itch if you will a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, the other thing uh, about Mandalorian, you may actually talked about this um, because we had a phone call earlier in the middle of the week. Um, one of the cool parts about Mando and Grogu going to movies is guess what? They don't have to use the volume, Mike. Right, we talked about like them actually building real sets for that. And I think how cool that would be to have real sets for for some of that stuff now. Yeah, pay 
paid off in strides for Andor, so I'd love to see that for Mando. Yeah, and we got some stuff to talk about Andor uh, later, so uh, we'll we'll keep you posted. Indiana Jones uh, has a game coming out from Bethesda, and uh, the title has this supposedly for we're supposed to see uh, I think this week or next week from Xbox is uh, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Um, names names not really doing it for me. I hope it's a good game. Um, you know, names don't necessarily do it, but I, what is a Great Circle? Mike, is it just a bigger circle than, than your normal circle? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a way to, uh, you know, transcend the IP. You know, I still haven't watched um, The Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. which is something I never thought would have happened before of like, oh, a brand new Indiana Jones movie. And I didn't see it in theaters the first day that it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, a video game has a chance to maybe elevate it in a different way. So that yeah. surprisingly intrigues me a little bit more than another what, film. What's great about the games, again, Bethesda, you know, great for single player games. I think uh, a video game, a store, a, a single player story, right? We look at Spider-Man, we look at God of War, um, games that we, we've, we've both played recently is, you know, uh, a movie's two, two and a half hours, a video game's like 12 hours, right? 12 to, to, to 20 or more when you're playing with a, with a character. So like you you spend a lot more time with the character. You learn more about the world. Um, I, I kind of want to know: Is it going to be like a is it like a Laura Croft style game? Is it more tomb raiding? Um, you probably you know will have a gun and a whip, but like you know you're not really brawling a lot with with Indiana Jones, right? You're more dealing with puzzles and traps and you know uh, quote unquote speed runs because you got to get there fast, if you will. So I'd be excited to see what the gameplay is and spend some time with the character going out a little bit. Um, I was at a, a, a Peddler's Mall this weekend, Mike. I was telling you. And I got really excited because I saw a VHS copy of Indiana Jones, and I grabbed it, and it's uh, Young Indiana Jones. And I'm like, uh, that's disappointing. I was really <laughs> hoping it was an Indiana Jones movie, but it wasn't. Madam Web, have you seen the new costumes, Mike? Because, ooh, buddy, those were leaked. I have not. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to drop uh, drop a photo in our in our chat here. So uh, all of the characters' outfits were released, but there was a quote unquote leak on like a, I think a shampoo bottle or promo for for some of this <laughs> stuff. So I'm gonna drop you uh, a Reddit link and everything. I'm gonna actually I'll link it in our show notes too because um, I have had some conversations about this uh, with people this week. Um, cause I, I, I love it when people send me things, please keep doing it. It is awesome. Uh, I, I'm not complaining, but, um, this, uh, the actress here, I forget her name, um, does not have black hair in any of the trailers. Mike, she has brown hair and, uh, this, this I'm just, outfit is wild. I'm just curious how you back into a costume. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, from the trailer, even even the villain kind of has this um, uh, nondescript spider adjacent costume, which, you know, if he's like a time traveler, who knows when he could have possibly made this suit. Uh, this this is like straight up a comic book outfit. It kind of looks straight out of the 90s, to be honest. It, it kind of looks it, cool. Yeah. But I just don't understand how the movie trailer we watch backs into this mm-hmm. design. And I think it's going to be hilarious. And she, I'll roll my eyes. She, uh, but that's just everything Sony Spider-Man universe. She <laughs> joins an underground wrestling circuit, Mike. And she needs to get an outfit for the wrestling circuit. <laughs> that's what it is. But I'm going to send you a photo. So I'm gonna, I'll link this Reddit thing so you can see the outfit for Madam Web. Um, we, we kind of saw the, the other ones here. Um, 
but like if you look at the this this is a screenshot from the movie uh, featuring uh, you know, three of the four mm-hmm. leads. She's got brown hair and a straight brown hair, uh, red jacket, black things. How did she get from that to the you know kind of I guess it's a it's not curled. Is it like black hair and white suit? Do not curled? do. Do do not question the great power that is Madame Web looking through time and space. Yeah. If she wants her hair wavy, she Look, gets her hair wavy. I re- and I guess since this came from a shampoo bottle, yeah. I guess it's, that kind of yes. Well, and now it was officially leaked. But I, I, you know, this reminds me of that guy who was in the Amazon with my mom when she was killed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we we put that big asterisk beside it. It's gonna be. Weird. I'm not excited for this. We are a month away from this, Mike. We are le- we are four weeks away from this movie coming out. So, uh, b- yeah, as I've been saying all day, buckle up. But I, I'm just um, I'm interested to to see this. But this is this is wild. Check out our show notes if you want to see um, what that looks like. Rise of the teenage no, tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles. Not rise. That was <laughs> that's the that was Nickelodeon show. This is the spinoff uh, for. Mutant Mayhem, Mike. Uh, the the show that will debut mm-hmm. uh, Q3 2024 on Paramount Plus. So uh, that was a, a promo image that was up uh, for a little bit, and it was taken down. Uh, but apparently, the well, would run for two seasons and bridge the gap between the first and upcoming sequel to Mutant Mayhem as well. I mean, I I'll I'll check it out. I'm curious what just the strategy of Paramount Plus overall is because there doesn't really seem to be any except make more Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. So is this supposed to be like a premium streaming bridge that takes me from one movie to another? Or is this like something that, you know, they probably would just dump on Nickelodeon for kids to watch, but, oh, if we put it on Paramount Plus, it's like higher quality. So, I'll, you know, I'm going to have very low expectations uh, when I check it out, because um, something tells me it's not going to quite reach the same visual fidelity oh, right. of Mutant Mayhem, which was just like you, beautiful it, and gorgeous textures everywhere. Yeah, and know. I wouldn't expect that either. Uh, you know, a, a TV show made for streaming versus that movie, which took years to make, uh, while they're making a second movie, um, I, I wouldn't expect that. Either. I we, we've not seen the the look yet. I, I think anywhere, I, even the image was just mostly promotional errors. But it's cool to get more at least. Um, connected turtle content rather than hey we're gonna do another another 14th reboot on nickelodeon uh that nobody's gonna watch except small small children so um i I think i think it's a cool thing and then also the fact that it'll actually serve as the bridge between that so if you like okay i want to watch some turtle content uh before the new movie comes out uh which probably will have shredder in it that that'd be the way to do it because you know turtles unexpected um animated uh hit from last year Did, did a good job Let's talk about empires. We got two empires to talk about. One is Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire, Mike. Uh, it has moved up to uh, March 22nd, so it's forward a week rather than backwards a week. Sony's got some, got feeling good about their Ghostbusters. You know, Bustin makes them feel good, if you will. So um, <laughs> I, I'm excited to watch it. I, like I said, I had a good time revisiting the, o- the other one that came out um, a couple years ago. So we'll, we'll return back to this and be in New York with a, a villain uh, who controls ice. And if uh, you'll allow me, I'll go on to the next empire, which is Godzilla X-Kong. The new empire uh, has moved up to uh, take that slot of Frozen Empire. So March 29th uh, has moved up from April uh, a couple weeks to take there. Um, what, what, a, what a March is turning out to be here. 
Uh, I'm excited for Godzilla and Kong more than Ghostbusters. Again, we're not. We always say we're not Ghostbusters fans, Mike. I know you're not really you know, much of a Godzilla person either. That's fine. Uh, I, I know. I know. It's. I, I like my camp. I like my cheese. Uh, but I didn't realize their names were both Empire until I wrote them down in the notes earlier today. I'm like, is that is that the new titling? Is that the new titling <laughs> thing going on? Man, I live right ac- I live uh, right next to a shopping center called the Empire Center. So you know, maybe I'll just make a whole day of it. Head on over to Target, yeah. pop into Lowe's, get some Ghostbusters and Godzilla in my life. Yeah. So, um, moving things moving up is pretty good sign. But I feel like we're gonna get a, a pretty overcrowded March where. Um, one or both of these movies are both going to underperform because they're stepping on each other's toes a little bit. So uh, we'll we'll come back probably in April and be like, yep, they didn't do as well because, you know, we told you so. But you mentioned Paramount and Star Trek. Guess what? We got some Star Trek news. Um, there's a prequel movie coming up sell decades before the 2009 reboot. The, the Abrams verse. They're sticking in there. They're doing one several decades before. And it's coming from Toby Haynes, who was a director of six of, um, no, seven of the Andor episodes from season one. The the first three, and I think the I mean, last that's four. A, that's a good freaking start. I mean, I'm not a Star Trek guy. I know a lot of yep. people are and probably have very, um, very, very strong opinions about this. But the only time I've really ever connected to the franchise is from a couple of those Abrams movies, right? And one thing that I really liked about um, Star Trek that we really didn't explore all that much was the stuff that's happening on Earth. And I know some people are probably rolling their eyes like, no, Star Trek, it's about exploring space. But I think the whole reason they're out in space is because they have like this utopian society on Earth. You know, they figured out, you know, how it all works. And I think that's kind of neat. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if this means that we're going to be looking at, you know, the uh, was is it called Starfleet or am I thinking no, of Buzz Lightyear? Right. Is well, that called Starfleet? Uh, that's that's Star, that Command. Star Command. Star Command. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever the or whatever the space organization that exists on terrestrial yeah. Earth, I think that's kind of neat. Like in that um, Star Trek into Darkness, that was the sequel, right? Yeah. When that third act kind of transpired on the planet, I thought that was pretty cool. Even though the movie overall, people are are mixed on, but yeah, I would be excited to go back to this universe i think it's fun yeah it, well star trek either needs to move forward with star trek 4 which is also in the plan as well uh, they said um or go backwards like star trek's experiencing a renaissance right now right like on paramount plus there's a star trek discovery um there's a spin several spin-offs to that um i think it's not, it's not first contact it's the one's the, the captain pike prequel show like it, it is getting it's got the animated show below, um, below deck um or whatever it's called is it below decks Star Trek, whatever it is, there's so much. Uh, Yeah, and there's even like, and there's even like a kids show too, like a 3D animated kids show. I think it's called Prodigy or something. Yeah, right. So Star Trek is like, it's it's out here, it's thriving, it's throwing thing, it's trying everything at the wall, and and people are enjoying. They're getting more so. Yes, it needs to go back to the theaters, Um, whether it's a continuation of that or a continuation of the show, which is how the original Star Trek movie started. We're just continuations of the show. Let's run with that. put it out there so i agree and then at uh, toby hands and or uh he knows how to handle space uh slash interplanetary uh slash alien drama uh very well so i think it would be uh he's a, he's a great great person to have uh, on board for this movie uh as a director so good on them keep at it lastly uh i put this topic in here edge of tomorrow uh, and honestly, I actually didn't know this happened, Mike, and you may have more insight than I do. Maybe you heard more, but Tom Cruise, 
um, has left Paramount um, to go to, to Warner Brothers. Apparently, they both he had enough of them, and they had enough of him, and um, he he has now signed a big deal at Warner Brothers, which is weird because. Uh, was it Christopher Nolan's leaving Warner Brothers because of everything they've done? Yeah, um, are they just like are they just trading like big Hollywood power hitters? Yeah. So, but uh, I think Edge of Tomorrow uh, or Tom Cruise thing he's going to be working on new and existing franchises, and I think uh, people uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which is also called Live Die Repeat, whatever you want to call it, um, is one of the franchises that they're hoping they pick back up over there because that sequel's been in talks for a while with them. Uh, so that just would be, that would be cool. Oh yeah, Emily Blunt. That's a great sci-fi movie. Real, I mean, I know it's based on a book or uh, I guess a graphic novel slash manga, whatever it's called. But a uh, real original like concept stuff there. That was really good. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Live, die, and repeat. Live, die, and repeat is one of those movies that if it would have come out, you know, in a different decade, you know, like when we were growing up, like in the '80s or '90s, where there wasn't so much media competition out there in the world. It would have been like um, like a solidified classic. It would have lived next the to Matrix. Like the like the Terminators, the Aliens, the Matrixes yeah. of the world. Um, it's still a great movie, but you know, it just kind of people just forget that it. It's got the hor- that exists. I, I also blame horrible name, right? Right. It went through three different names because, like, if I say Edge of Tomorrow, that I always think of Tomorrowland or is it Tomorrow World, the Disney movie with George Clooney. Um, Edge of Tomorrow mm-hmm. does not sound like how that movie is. Live, Die, Repeat sounds better. That came out after, I think it was on physical release, but like it lives under several names. I'm like, well, just get a better name next time, right? Uh, like a subtitle, something uh, to tell people kind of what's going on. Um, but it's good. But I didn't know there was so much drama with Tom Cruise, Mike. This this is news to me. Um, and this is not him standing on Oprah's couch yelling at the world. But uh, apparently he was unhappy with Top Gun's uh, 45-day theatrical window before I went to streaming it's like so much that he like lawyered up to, to, to do that. And again, Top Gun two is fun movie. Glad I watched it in theaters. I haven't thought about it since, since it came out. Uh, and he was, uh, given a lot of pressure to give thumbs up on mission impossible and days of thunder TV series, which I didn't even know were in the works. So cool, I guess on the flip side, Tom Cruise is also responsible for like, uh, was it the newest Mission Impossible? Like he went over budget by like a long shot on that, and he was no longer sending in dailies or script changes to the studios, so the collaboration broke down. So it sounds like um, everyone's at fault here, and um, Tom Cruise is a crazy person who does his own stunts to hopefully kill himself one day. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the box office return and uh, critical success of uh, the sequel to Top Gun has only emboldened him mm. to uh, just uh, go anywhere he wants in he, Hollywood and, uh, you know, go ahead, go crazy. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he is. He is crazy. It uh, doesn't have to go anywhere for that. But uh, you, he was very – he was so mad this year. Uh, Mission Impossible – um, had a shortened theatrical IMAX window because of uh, Oppenheimer had already secured it. So whoever was working with Christopher Nolan um, secured a better, uh, longer release in IMAX than he did. And I think that also pushed him over the edge a little bit. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what you do with a Mission Impossible series. You know, I, I wouldn't, I would say, you know, Ethan Hunt, he kind of is Mission Impossible, right? Yeah. This isn't necessarily like a 
James Bond universe where there's lots of interesting gadgets. There's always a car. There's kind of like a formula that you expect with James Bond, Mm -hmm. right? And I suppose it also relies on Bond as well. But with Mission Impossible, I guess, is there just lots of well, face masks yeah, well, there, th- that you're pulling on and there off? Are, That's kind of like the main. Well, there, I mean, we only get the the, the um, parts with Ethan Ethan Hunt, right, where he's uh, been, you know, he's always going rogue, no matter what. He's, he's always rogue. He's never on mission. He's always going rogue, and that's what he is. And he gets forgiven at the end. But, like, the newest one, like, they introduce, like, you know, there are other IMF agents, like younger ones and, and stuff like that. Like, you, you don't, that don't work with him. He has his own team. Um, so there is a, apparently a bigger organization and Mission Impossible actually, I don't know if you know, started as a TV series before it became a movie. Uh, so, yes, this, this um, <laughs> so it's, it's all cyclical. It's coming back. I've not heard anything about this. Um, Days of Thunder, I thought was the bigger surprise. Like, his, you know, uh, uh, Tom Cruise's NASCAR movie from the nineties. Um, I didn't even, I didn't oh, think yeah. it was getting anything, um, for that. So I, I was like, oh, that's crazy that they're even doing something. So, um, but it's fine. It's whatever. They're they're gonna keep milking these franchises till till, you know, they they remilk them again. Mike, they're gonna keep this. It's all cyclical. But um, anyway, take your lactate, folks. That's right. <laughs> Join Scientology. Get those thetans out of your your body and watch Tom Cruise movies. Uh, well, no, are they trying to get them out or are they trying to get them in? I don't remember if thetans were good or bad. Uh, they're just looking th- at them. That's you have a know. level. Uh, are you on the level? I think you're on the level. I don't know. Anyway. I take a Thetan multivitamin. I'm okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Lord Zenu appreciates your contributions. Uh, anyway, before we get in trouble, uh, let's get out of here, Mike. Uh, if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, man? They can read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to find you... Where are you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Video Game Systems of the same name. If people want to know more about our show, where we uh, do this every week um, and do our news episodes and the upcoming review, I guess, is Madam Web as our next big review episode. Uh, where can they find all these goodies at? Hell yeah. If you want to prepare for Madam Web, head on over to SuperHeroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like our own. Uh, we got merch, SuperHeroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Uh, what are you excited for most this year? Is it going to be one of those Empire movies? Is it a Madam Web movie? Is it Deadpool? Let us know what's on your radar. We want to know. Uh, we love our super fans, and if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here next week, folks. That's right. We'll see you guys then. Bye.